0: Welcome to the Difference Makers podcast presented by Waterproof. I'm your host, Justin Tamani. In this podcast, you'll hear from some of the top coaches, brand managers, and athletes on earth. From starting out to where they are now, we'll explore the journey of how they became a Difference Maker. Before we keep going, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform to hear more from the Difference Makers. Alright guys, we're live. This is the Difference Makers Podcast. My name is Justin Tamany I'll be your host today. Today we have with us Snorri Baron. I was going to try and roll my R's there, but I uh, couldn't do it. And uh, he's he is, uh, sorry, s- super agent, owner and uh, operator of Backland Management. So hey, tell us a little bit more about yourself and tell us a little bit more about Backland Management.
1: Okay, um, I've been, um, I guess I'll just start where the management started. I, I come from an advertising background. I, I've been running an advertisement agency in Iceland for, since I can't remember, since uh, the turn of the century. So uh, got kind of uh, bored of that after 15 years in the field. It was starting to feel a bit like Groundhog Day. So I started pursuing working more with individuals. And I was looking at helping out with building social media platforms, uh, helping out with determining marketability, building image, PR measures, and stuff like that. I wasn't really looking at becoming a manager. I I always figured that I would be working alongside managers, but uh, somehow it. it turned out this way. And uh, as I had been in business before, it wasn't maybe too foreign to me to read through contracts, negotiate and uh, step into that financial realm as well as the image stuff. So I um, it, it was in 2015 that I really stepped into it. I started working with a uh, female MMA fighter who had just signed uh, a big contract with an international fight organization so that, that's where it took off uh, soon after given that iceland is a small country and everyone knows everyone so uh, mm-hmm. i was introduced to sarah sigmund Stotter, who was on the hunt for someone to help her out with her marketing issues her social media her, her duties towards sponsors and everything we really hit it off and the world of crossfit opened up to me I had actually done like a beginner's course in CrossFit in 2013, so I actually did CrossFit for for a year, even though it doesn't show on me right now. Look at those (laughs) shoulders, though. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's from lifting. CrossFit was all (laughs) of that endurance stuff, too, that I don't enjoy as much. But uh, uh, me and Sarah hit it off uh, shortly after I met BKG and uh, offered him the same services and it's been building from there. So I'm an Icelandic native. I, I started my business up here in Iceland, but today I uh, work with athletes from what 12 or 13 different nations, and uh, I'm very much operating in the in the whole world of CrossFit. Although most of the athletes I represent are European.
0: Okay, I was gonna I was gonna ask about that because you guys there like you have so many small countries so close together there that it's pretty easy to reach out to a lot of the european nations and and to to travel within that um are most of your athletes so most of your athletes are within europe but they're not necessarily within iceland
1: no uh it started off in iceland but uh it's a sport that is very much international and once i've become traveling to competitions once i've become uh more known for the work I was doing with the Icelandic athletes. It just kind of turned out that way that I made myself available to, to athletes from more countries. And uh, then today it's a a full-time job. And I'm, I'm just uh, celebrating the fact that the world is opening up again. Competitions are starting. Uh, We're seeing so many cool live competitions just now in the next three months, So it really feels like everything is kicking off again. And, uh, I'm in a very good place to, to, to kick on with it and, and really grab it with both hands because there are so many opportunities out there right now.
0: Definitely a lot of opportunities coming up. And I think everybody's just like hungry for something new, hungry for another event. And, you know, we've got the, we're Talking before we start recording, we've got Rogue coming up in just less Mm -hmm. than a month here. And uh, you said you're going to make it out for Rogue?
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, if if Biden uh, allows me into the country, I mean, (laughs) I'm still waiting for the clearances. But uh, if if that happens, which should happen, then I'll be there.
0: What do you think about some of these, uh, these major events being uh, invitation only versus qualifying in these early stages of, of coming back. Do you, are you a fan of that? Are you wanting to see more qualifying, more opportunities for athletes? The Wadproof Pro Experience contains hundreds of training sessions that will boost your progress, whether you're a beginner or a pro. Start your seven day free trial now and get access to all of our top level training programs. Search the Wadproof app or click the link inside this episode description to find out more.
1: Where do you sit on that? Yeah, well, I, think it is more out of the situation in the world it's just more convenient for the event organizers to have an invite only they will provide this experience but with all those COVID related unknowns I think that plays a role in it I don't think they will be invite only uh, for the years to come I think there will be some other alternative ways to qualify in the future I think this is definitely just down to the status in the world right now and as such I just welcome it. Uh, added to the fact that most of the athletes that that I am working with or if not all have received invites to to most of those events so I can't complain.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. The uh the next kind of big ones that we're going to see are going to be Dubai and then we have some in Europe coming up as well. Uh
1: we actually have we, we have the Madrid uh, CrossFit competition in uh, now just in two weeks. That's a fairly big one. Yeah. Then we have Rogue. Then we have the, the Mayhem event in uh, in November, which is a fairly big event. The Mayhem Desert Challenge. Yeah. At that same time, I think it's alfit in Egypt, which is a pretty big event as well. And then we have Dubai in December and then Wadapalooza in January. So, for anyone who is uh, a CrossFit enthusiast, there's plenty of things to look forward to.
0: Yeah, there's going to be a lot coming up here. Mm-hmm. Are European athletes able to travel within Europe easily, or is there travel? Rest- or are there travel restrictions in place?
1: As far as I know, if you if you're vaccinated, you can go pretty much everywhere, and uh, okay. you might have to do like a, a rapid test or something like that, but. It's, uh, it's fairly easy to get between places. It's just the United States that still are just, it's just locked. You can't travel there. So, yeah. but, but they have announced that, that that will be unlocked in November. But as the Rogue event is just a week before that, uh, we needed to get some clearances. But there was leniency towards that, and it wasn't too much of a hassle, or I hope not. I'm still waiting to receive it.
0: Were the athletes restricted in any way or just kind of supporting cast? They, they,
1: no, they, they had to get those exemptions as well, but Rogue handled all of that. and uh, oh, that's it, great. It's like th- there is a pathway for this to, to happen. If you have some business in the U.S., then there is a way to apply for it, and it usually goes through. So uh, I haven't heard of anyone that has encountered any problems with it, not not in terms of the Rogue competition at least.
0: Good. No, that's awesome. So let's take a step back. We were talking about Backland Management. That's your company. Yeah. Give me a little bit more about what you guys do for your athletes and, and a little bit about the background of your company.
1: Okay. It's, um, it's actually... A twofold company. It's a creative agency in into one direction, and it's a sports management agency into the other direction. So we have those two functions, and sometimes those two functions uh, are, are very convenient for one another, and uh, that, that's that's the way we we constructed it because we do a lot of. We, we're an agency. we We negotiate contracts and we act on behalf of our clients. But we are also helping them in building their own brand. We' are also helping them with their own social media, their own YouTube, their own websites, brand, branded merchandise, and stuff like that. So we, we, are, we have designers on site. We have creatives on site which uh, participate in projects like these. As well as uh, participating with their sponsors sometimes in facilitating stuff uh, photo shoots, video shoots, uh, all kinds of content, sometimes we step in there in the middle and we organize the whole thing so okay. it's uh, it's a bit more than just an agency in that sense, but we service each athlete in the way that they want to be served and in, then we, we we just adapt ourselves to each and every one because these are different people with different needs some are super capable of uh, handling their social media completely by themselves while others rely heavily on us to help them out with it it's just different between uh, each person and uh, we are specializing in sports like strength and endurance sports we uh we we work with uh quite a few crossfitters uh strong men weightlifters there's one Bobsledder letter on board okay. <laughs> and uh we we look at these um out, out of this bracket because it's mainly the same sponsors for most of those sports, uh, the yes. same apparel companies, the same weightlifting accessory companies, the same supplements, brands, etc. So we can use our communication network uh, for athletes ab- across more sports than just CrossFit. But at this present time, it's predominantly CrossFitters that we work with. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah, because branding and marketing are so crucial these days. Mm -hmm. And I feel like athletic performance is only one side of of building an athlete these days, especially in these uh, individual sports.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then you have this whole realm of influencers who may possess the, the, the look of someone capable of winning competitions, but actually can't but they're great at posing and they're great at maintaining their social media and uh, communicating with their audience so you you may have someone who is among the fittest people on earth and they have 5000 followers and no sponsors while yeah. you have someone that couldn't beat them in a single workout with 500 thousand followers and a bunch of sponsors so, yeah. That's uh that's the way of the world right now. If you know how to build your brand, if you know how to build an audience and engage with it, then you can live off of it and you can make a very good life out of it. So this is something we are trying to help the athletes that struggle with this to to get better at and to get better results with without compromising their uh their integrity in the gym and on the competition floor.
0: This is such a hot topic right now, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think the growth and building brands and creating a brand around yourself, it's amazing what some people have done Mm -hmm. off of very little. Do you find it difficult for some of the, the top performing athletes to make that transition to be able to build up their brand while they're performing?
1: This is so dependent on characteristics and the, pers- the persona you have in front of you. If we use Sarah Sigmundsdottir as an example, she is the most popular female in the sport of CrossFit. If we just look at follower numbers, mm-hmm. and it's very understandable. She's beautiful. She's charismatic. She's funny and quirky. She's creative. She, she's got all those appealing attributes she is so good in communication when when she meets with fans she can make everyone feel really special and this comes naturally to her it's it's her character. so of course she's popular and of course she can benefit out of that. but then you have people who are more like single focused on their sport who don't even uh, understand that by smiling a bit more and by putting themselves out a bit more, they could actually benefit financially from it. They they could actually struggle less in their life if they would take it seriously, if they would just look at the tools they have in front of them and give it a little bit more of a shot. So that's what we're trying to inspire some of the athletes we, we work with and are in communication with. Just here are tools that you can use. Here are methods of it. We can help you with this or you can do it yourself. That, that's dependent on everyone. But these are actual tools that didn't exist 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, athletes uh, and anyone had had to rely on tabloids or the sports section in the newspaper or, or, or the news coverage on TV to be covering them so that they could get some shine. Now they have these that these media sources in front of them that they can completely control themselves. And yeah. they, they're the editors of their own media. And, uh, some do really well with it. Others don't.
0: Do you find that, uh, when you're bringing athletes on right now that you guys are, are having to take that time and, and spending that time with a lot of these athletes, or they already kind of know how to start to work their brand coming into the, the, relationship with you guys.
1: It, we have the whole scope of yes. this and we just have the, have the whole scope of it. And some people, it comes so naturally to them. They just take a selfie on their phone and somehow it's perfect. And they think of one sentence, which is just the perfect caption. And then they get a hundred thousand likes while yeah. others, they, they don't have a single idea on what they should do. They, do the same thing in training every single day they don't find it interesting they they don't realize that there are people out there who find the amount of box jumps they did that day or whatever supremely yeah. interesting yeah. they are there are fitness enthusiasts out there that are looking at some of those fittest people on earth and they couldn't care less how they look or what their caption is. They just want to see them train. They just want to become yeah. inspired by how hard they pushed in that basement by themselves, uh, alone in the dark, pushing <laughs> to get fitter than everybody else. I mean, that's a storyline that some of them just need to be reminded. Hey, if you just share some of that with people, then you will get a, get a response because this is fucking interesting.
0: Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that that's really helped is, is YouTube. Like, look at all these CrossFit athletes now that have a YouTube page. They've got a guy that's, that's putting out this content and all it is, is them working out, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's engaging. It's, you know, looking at the, the media space right now. Like, I don't think people are sitting down at a TV and just like, you know, let's just see what's on today. No, it's like, okay, I'm going to go on YouTube. I'm going to go on my subscribers or my subscriptions. I'm going to go check out what I want to watch. Oh BKG just put up a new video. Let's go watch that. You. you know? Oh, we got Sarah doing a day in the life. Let's look at that. The energy of a single person can never beat the energy of together. Join hundreds of thousands of Wadproof community members worldwide and become better than ever. You can inspire others and get inspired through our user centric content creation experience. This is your time to shine. Share your knowledge, skills, and energy with community members worldwide. Search the Wadproof app or click the link inside this episode description to find out more.
1: And you are mentioning two people who don't have a YouTube channel yet. Oh, I messed
0: (laughs) up. (laughs) I messed up.
1: But some of them do. And uh, you're right we select exactly in details what we want to watch, what we, what you you can have a field of interest and there's enough content there to last you a lifetime already. And those, if if we stay on the CrossFit topic, those who are interested in CrossFit, they can get CrossFit from morning to evening, every single day with fresh content. And, uh, it's a beautiful thing. Some of it becomes a bit repetitive. Some of it is a copy of something that someone else did. And this is where maybe me and my company would step in and say, Hey, let's try this way around rather, or let's work with this guy because he has a, a, a bit of a fresh approach on how to do this. It will look iconic and a bit different to whatever everyone else is doing. But, while I'm criticizing that some people don't have the creativity to do something other than the other, I would rather them to be doing this and then nothing. And uh, it's it's all good, if you ask me. And we're seeing so many talented individuals entering the space as well. So many talented content creators that have a specific interest in fitness that are collaborating now with the athletes and helping build their brand and build awareness about what they're doing day in day out. And uh, I can only welcome that, of course.
0: Yeah, there's so many talented creators that are coming into the space. It's 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 intimidating to see as a creator myself. It's like you look <laughs> around and you're like, oh my god! But it's just what do they say? Rising tide raises all ships. Like everybody's exactly. getting, everybody's stepping their game up and and the level of content that's coming
1: out of this space is, is really top notch. Because it wasn't nope. we a few years back and it was definitely the only creators were fitness first and creation second. Now yeah. it's different. Now there are people who are just supremely talented that come in there. Yeah. They may, may jump in on a session or two, but their focus is still the content creation, not the fitness as- aspect of it. So we're seeing people that could be creating content for any other uh, s- source of interest, but they chose to be there because they get likes, they get, uh, get views, and it pays the bills. So yeah. that's, there, there's so much just in the five years that I have spent in this space. There's so much been gained. There are, there are so many things that have uh, become better and uh, been added to it since i started in it so i'm really happy about that and i can only imagine now when the world is opening up all the live events that we have ahead of us it will just be even greater
0: yeah i couldn't agree more and i think that i'm starting to see it trickle down to other professional sports here where we're starting to see more authentic behind the scenes content and less um, manufactured content Like I'm a big baseball fan and and following a lot of these teams, they're starting to have like a behind-the-scenes vlog that feels authentic, you know, that shows as much as they can show, but it feels authentic. And it and I think some of that has come in from this, you know, YouTube space, the CrossFit space, whatever it might be, where it's like authentic interactions. It shows the personalities of the athletes and not just the what the camera or what they, you know, what the teams want you to see about the game or the you know this is
1: this is the type of content that there's demand for people want this type of content so that baseball is adapting to it that's a great thing Mm -hmm. i have used the ufc as kind of a benchmark they they were early adapters to this they in in early days they they figured out that youtube could be a great media for them Uh, dana white was doing all these vlogs these scrums all kinds of, of stuff that really brought you closer to what was happening. And then we had uh, some of those fighters in there, Conor McGregor and others, who just loved having a camera on themselves, which really brought you behind the scenes. You, you saw the good, bad, and ugly there. So, uh, And, and then it, it made the sport supremely uh, popular, and some of the personalities there really popular. But to the core of it it was just how well they played the social media because it wasn't really a mainstream sport it wasn't really getting primetime coverage no. it's because they knew exactly how to build their brand on the social media channels and on those outside media channels so i think crossfit has picked up a few of those tricks i would yeah. love to see like more of ahead of the games like uh UFC have the UFC Embedded Series, which is like four or five episodes in the week before the fight starts, where you just get, get a bit, bit more closer look into how the fighters come out of being all calm and confident into their weight cut process into the all the the, all the show all the weigh-ins and all of that stuff so Mm -hmm. it's super interesting if you're interested in the sport in general you're getting so much stuff that hypes you up before the big event crossfit could do the same thing just games week there could be like big drops of episodes every single day before the game start where you could have like a really good feel for how everyone is doing, how how people are, are psyching them up. And this would get the audience completely crazy ahead of the event. So,
0: Yeah. Do this, you feel like some like of this content is coming it? out a little slow? <laughs> what, what did you say? Oh, sorry. Sorry, yeah. I catch you off. I said, do you feel like some of the content that they're putting out right now is coming out a little bit slow with like their, uh, you know, they have their Miles to Madison series, but now we're looking yeah, at events that happened like six months ago.
1: Exactly. That, that's, and I, I love those episodes. I love that they are giving coverage to not only Matt and Tia, but <laughs> all the other athletes that are there because uh, I didn't feel that those buttery bros movies did only, they, they, they only covered a handful of athletes. They didn't really cover the scope of athletes. Mm-hmm. So those miles to Madison episodes, um, and I hope there are more to come. They're pretty much giving you the whole scope of everyone that was there. I hope. And, uh, I love that they're doing it. The, the, what the idea I'm dropping, I'm just spitballing here anyways, is content that engages you just ahead of the, uh, the yeah. competition. And I'm just saying it because the UFC does it so well. Why, why shouldn't CrossFit do it as well?
0: Mm-hmm. Now, is that, uh, is that a look into what's coming soon from, uh, bachlin and and some of the events coming up
1: no it isn't because we aren't a media company we we engage with media uh content creators etc but that's all just each person for themselves but Mm -hmm. hopefully some of those events are going to be doing more of this stuff Because we were on the topic of uh, all the access to media, all the immediate access to training videos, dropping every day from these athletes separately. It would be fairly easy for these events to get some of that going, just to hype up their event, hype up the live stream and get people just more hyped for the action.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that we're just not there yet on the scale of some of these events or some of these companies, because it is a little bit separate, you know, let's just say rogue, for example, they don't have necessarily the resources to put a series together with all these athletes being all over the world before these events where UFC, because they can kind of bring them in and put them in their bubble before that starts. It's a little bit Mm -hmm. easier to generate that type of content.
1: Yeah, That's true. But, uh, Just like they get these athletes into the bubble a few days ahead of the fight. That's exactly what Rogue will get too, you know. So they could have a team on site and uh, just on the Monday or the Tuesday when everyone has arrived, they could just uh, pound out some material every day until the competition starts. So Mm -hmm. in that sense, if they wanted to, if they would emphasize it, then that would be fairly easily handled. And with yeah. the level of talent, the level of uh, uh of content creators at their disposal that are going to be there anyways they could uh they could easily produce something uh, that that would be special. so I think it's more about the decision, of course, it's a financial decision as well. Yeah. I mean someone needs to pay for it, but Rogue can pay for it <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't feel too sorry for them.
0: that's a good point. <laughs> Um, speaking of, of rogue and, and, you know, we talk about some of these events, looking at some of the athletes that you guys have on your roster, we mm-hmm. have a big one that's, that's making her return with Sarah coming back and announcing that she's going to be competing in Dubai.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there is a, there, there's a little if there, and she's been very transparent about that, both with, uh, the, the Dubai, uh, event organizers and just in the post where she announced it. She fully intends to compete there. Uh, Let's make that very, very clear. And at the point she is right now, there is nothing that says that she won't. She is resuming full training now. She's been training, but there have been certain movements that she hasn't been able to do or, or the physios and doctors have told her, do not do this just yet. So there are a few things that she hasn't done. Her fitness levels are up. Uh, She can she can do uh, she doesn't need to uh, regain all her fitness, but there are certain movements that she needs to familiarize herself with and certain movements that will maybe test her knee in a way that she hasn't tested it after the ACL uh, surgery. So it's just it will come out in the next two or three weeks Mm-hmm. If everything goes the way it's planned and everything goes uh, the way we hope it will, then she is competing in Dubai and she is returning to competitive action. How it will go? Will just depend on uh, so many variables. She yeah. is going there with a the mindset to crush everything and take all the headlines. She's going there to get that taste again, to to get this competitive action under her belt, to to feel those feelings again, and to be motivated for next season. Because it's an ACL tear since March. Uh, yeah. She's returning to competitive action eight months after the surgery. Uh, that's a very short time. And uh, some will say that it's even reckless to to do it. Mm -hmm. We will just have to see. She has a world-class doctor monitoring her. She has a world-class physio monitoring her. Uh, She will do what they tell her to do in this respect. This will be a collective decision made by her team and not just by her wanting to be back on a competition floor because she'd be competing uh at the Rogue probably if she had it her way. Yeah. Uh <laughs> it's as simple as that. And uh she can't wait to be back but Sarah has, has uh she she ha- she amazes me like uh, every now and then and for all the all the bad shit that she has endured how she has managed to stay positive and Stay focused, stay motivated. Uh a lot of the stuff you have to do after uh after an ACL reconstruction surgery is no fun whatsoever. And no. there is pain involved and there is patience involved. You have to do a lot of exercises that bore you to tears. Yeah. She's done all of it. And she's rested. I mean uh, that was kind of uh more of my worry was that she'd be restless, that she would uh she would drift away into sneaking into uh, doing a, an extra hour on the bike or whatever. Yeah, she hasn't. She's been she's been completely following the doctor's advice and uh, tending to those little things that she needs to tend to. Meanwhile, maintaining a hundred percent nutrition, hundred percent on everything that she needed to, because she's got a singular goal. She's going to return. That's. Yeah. uh, that's the only thing she wants to do. She, the only thing that drives her is just to be back on a competition floor. It's, it, it's, it's not about uh, bragging rights or uh, not about accolades. It's about being, having that feeling of being back on the competition floor. That's what drives her. And Dubai is a kind of a special place to her. Anyway, she's won that competition twice. I think she's competed there four or five times. It's a place where she has recited quite a lot. She, she's got friends there, and uh, she, she loves the place. So she, she's even headed there tomorrow. So it's uh, uh, for her to return in Dubai is what, what she made a decision about. Just a, as soon as she learned the, the extent of the injury, she thought mm-hmm. to herself, okay, then I'll be back in Dubai. And that's what she's had in her mind ever since. And that's why she's pursuing it right now. And it's attainable and it's logical. And if everything goes right now in the preparations, then she'll be back there.
0: Amazing. Now nah, we can't wait to see that. It was such a, I mean, it was a bummer for everybody to see that the injury happen, but mm-hmm. amazing to hear that the, the recovery is going well at this point and that, you know, Dubai's in the sights.
1: It definitely is. And, uh, that's what she's working towards, and she's 29 years old. So, uh, in a way, and, and th- this is something that I, that I say to her without having any uh, <laughs> any any doctor experience on that. <laughs> she's been giving her whole body a rest. Yeah. So it's not maybe only the knee because crossfitters they completely shatter themselves. They they kill their bodies. Yeah. So for her to get this amount of time on the sidelines when she's gradually just working towards this. There are a bunch of other ligaments and a bunch of other muscles and bones and whatever and whatnot that have been healed in the process as well. She's just returning brand new. Her body is new. So uh, that, that's the other, other aspect of it, that she, she just gave herself an extra year on the other end uh, as a competitor by being on the sidelines this time around
0: yeah and i hope you know i hope she realized that i'm sure she does realize that too that hey this is a a good you know i know there's athletes that have been in this sport now grind and she's been in this eight ten years straight
1: 2013 i think was when she started as a competitor and she hasn't really looked back since
0: yeah and so dealing with like a lot of injuries and things she's dealt with in the past this is a full season of Mm-hmm. off recovery reset. That's, you know, it's exciting to see.
1: Exactly. And, uh, I have no reason, reason to, uh, believe anything other than she will just return, pick things where, up where she left off. Uh, there are a few things that she has actively worked on that will benefit her. Uh, she's looked at like core technique a lot, like mm-hmm. in lifting and other things, but she just, went in and became a competitor immediately. So it's not like she had foundations of Olympic lifting or gymnastics or anything. She just showed up for a training session, kicked ass and competed in the next competition, won it. And all of a sudden she was at the CrossFit games with no foundation other than just the genes that, that, that she, she got given. So it's uh, for her now to be looking at the specifics better to really give it time because she's of course had quality coaching and uh of course some of those things she's exceptional at but it isn't until now that she has stopped really digested those little things and really given them the time so i also expect that the fans of the sport will see some movements from her and some some things that are aesthetically more correct than they used to be and, uh, that, that's something that I'm personally very excited about as well.
0: Amazing. Speaking of aesthetics, she also just released her clothing line with wit. Mm-hmm. How, what was your role in, in establishing that partnership and in establishing that the whole line? Like that's, I mean, that's kind of unheard of in the sport. This is the first time we've ever seen anything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Wit is a pretty ground, you know, uh, they push the needle quite a bit on what they're doing within the space, but, uh, releasing an entire clothing line for an athlete like that. We've never seen anything like that before.
1: No, I mean, that's just one of the the things that are the avenues that are opening in a new sport. It's definitely not the last one of those no. deals. It's uh, it, it may be paving the way for so many others doing it. What we've seen before is like uh, collections that athletes are involved in, like Noble do with their athletes, which is like selection of colorways, selection of of prints, logos, stuff like that. But what Sarah did was the whole de- design process, mm-hmm. the actual pieces, the the fabrics, the 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 designs, where 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 all those little cut lines are and everything. This is all something that she worked on with the designers at Wit because she has a lot of input on things like that, and she's been really interested in clothing design and any design for that matter. She is a very creative person and she this fit in perfectly with what she wanted to do. She didn't really expect that she would be designing a clothing line at this point in her career. She maybe thought that by by age 35 or something, when she would be signing out of the elites and into the masters and uh, had a bit more free time, that she would be working on something like that. But the opportunity presented itself, and she just jumped on it. And uh, Witt had a very clear idea on how they wanted to work with Sarah. So I had a meeting with them. They knew that her Nike contract was about to expire, mm-hmm. and they wanted a chance to, to chime in and to see if there was an opportunity for them to, uh, to get in there. And uh, it, it was a pretty bold move because you don't really walk away from Nike. <laughs> it's uh yeah. it's like an end goal for an athlete to become a, a Nike athlete. So it was they, they gave us a lot of lot to think about and uh, a, a lot of uh, that there, there was a lot of discussions that me and her had about this before she decided even to give it a shot to negotiate it further. but wit is an undeniable. Like entrepreneurial passion project, it's driven by passion. It's driven by uh, there were two guys who started this brand, and they've been working day and night on something that they love. And uh, it just shone through in the way they presented their ideas and in the way they wanted to work with Sarah. They they just said all the right things. Uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a chance. It's it's on uh, it, when when you have an opportunity like that, it could bomb. Uh, mm-hmm. People could hate it. <laughs> it could look really bad. It it could maybe turn out that you should just be competing in CrossFit and you shouldn't be designing clothes <laughs> at all. But that's not what happened. And yeah. so far, I mean, it's only we've only seen the first drop of it. Uh, I've seen the whole collection that is okay. uh, launching now in uh, in January. The last pieces. We would have launched the whole thing earlier, but uh, COVID uh, strikes in the the, the factories in, in 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 many different countries and stuff like that has really delayed it and made it more complicated, and not only for 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 every single brand in the industry. So, yeah. th- there were complications, but uh, it was decided that we would use the the CrossFit Games as like. A pre-launch thing so sarah went to the games and did a huge meet and greet and some of the pieces were launched there then there was another launch in london uh, a few weeks later and uh, another groundbreaking thing happened there uh, it was a fashion show with a catwalk and everything but no no supermodels just athletes just uh, athletes models. that was really cool to see yeah and and it was amazing it, it Another thing where we thought to ourselves when, he heard, when we heard the idea it was, wow, this can be really, really cringy. If, it, if we don't pull it off, it, it could be the laughing stock of the sport. Yeah. It could be something that they make memes of for, for the rest of our lives. So it better be good. And it was. It was really special. It was, uh, it, it was an incredible event. Only 200 people there. It was just a, an invite into the gym the catwalk was under the, the rigs in the gym and then they just changed the lighting and then, then just models of all shapes and size sizes, not models, athletes who modeled it. And the end result was just goosebumps. You know, it's, uh, it's one of the things like it fits so well with Sarah as well. It's, yeah. it's so much her uh, to involve Uh, young athletes, old athletes, uh, big athletes, small athletes, uh, to to involve everyone in what she's doing. That's just totally what she stands for. So big props to WIT. WIT is a brand that uh, when when I look at it now, now that I know everything there is to know about it, it's like, wow, the sky is the limit for this brand. And uh, as both one of the key retailers in crossfit but also a brand producing uh premium clothing it's uh it's going to be very interesting to see where this goes
0: yeah i've i've always loved what they've done and they've been in the space now for several years five six plus years now and from the moment they, they got in and they, you know, I think one of the first things they did was, oh, maybe it was even longer than that, that collaboration on the Metcon with Nike and having the logo on there. And then seeing these other collaborations come out with Reebok and, and now um, Under Armour even. Mm-hmm. They're collaborating with all, all yeah, of Yeah, they them. collaborate with everyone.
1: One. They bridge the gap between yeah. all the brands and uh, bring it to the community and those special collaborations where there's a limited edition where you can only purchase it at wet they've just got a really cool strategy and they're they're bringing coolness to to this uh genre
0: it's it's really changed the perception of crossfit from when you know board shorts and and skins exactly. were the uh the thing in crossfit now to be a very very fashion forward very you know thumb on the pulse of of not just crossfit fashion but fashion in general and be able to push that forward
1: there are so many things that crossfit have changed and i i'd like to make a special mention of like female body image as well it's all of a sudden it's not only olga from bulgaria who is uh who who was a buff strong woman yeah all those beautiful CrossFit chicks that are just as desirable as as any of the others to the market. I mean, they have redefined what what is beauty. They, they've added more layers to what is beautiful, what is fashionable, what is feminine. And uh, it's been happening over 20 years now in the sport of CrossFit. So uh, there, there's a lot of props and there's a lot of history for the better of mankind that has been created through CrossFit.
0: I couldn't agree with you more there. Um, with uh, Sarah, she's also been involved with big brands. You know, we, we mentioned Nike, which is a huge global brand, but they're in the CrossFit space. Somebody mm-hmm. who's not is Volkswagen. And I know you yes. had a big part to do with this, this partnership and this deal, but uh, explain to me a little bit more about what, what Sarah's been doing with Volkswagen and how that even came about. You know, CrossFit's become very global, but Volkswagen is one of the biggest car manufacturers in the world.
1: So, um, what happens there is, and this will be the same story throughout, there is someone working in the marketing department that one day walked into a CrossFit gym and fell in love and became super interested, started understanding a little bit about the CrossFit community. It's in the millions and it's a real market and there are real influencers there with people who have a real influence on their audience. So that, that's what happened with Volkswagen. There was a person there that was just super interested in CrossFit and started digging. And uh, I was introduced to them by, by, by the guy who has the strength in depth, uh, Ollie, uh, who has the strength in depth uh, event in London. So uh, he had some connections to them and connected me with them. And I'm uh, very grateful to him <laughs> for that. And then there, there's just a conversation that, that progresses. And we need to be mindful that, that a, a global pandemic was emerging at this yeah. time. It, <laughs> was, uh, uh, it, it was around the time of, uh, was it Votapalooza in 2020, I think okay. it was. I think there was, a, yeah, Waterpalooza. It was February 2020 when uh, when we are finalizing this arrangement. So COVID strikes like two two months later. Yeah. But, but they decided to persist with it. And there were more attributes to this than just CrossFit. They were looking for a strong female icon to be the face of their Volkswagen R line, which is like their main models supercharged like yeah, with that's a, like their premium more, yeah and and with like a race car element in it like a race car design on the on the seats on the steering wheel uh, and more power in the engine and stuff like that pretty cool if you ask me yeah and Sarah just fit the bill they they did some uh or I assume knowing how those big companies do, they, they probably matrixed, they, they set up a parameter for what does this person have to, uh, what, what are the attributes this person has to meet? And uh, Sarah just ticked all the boxes. And uh, that, then we, we just negotiated a, a, a nice contract and the rest is history. <laughs> she is an ambassador, and a global ambassador for Volkswagen R and uh, drives one proudly and, uh, and, and benefits quite well from, uh, from, from being there because it's a big brand and they, they, they do big things.
0: They definitely do big things. <laughs> I saw you did an IG once, some IG stories, and said that was one of the biggest deals you've been a part of or one of the deals you were the most proud of.
1: Yeah, um, definitely one of the deals I was the most proud of. I have done bigger deals since, uh, which I am also very proud of. But (laughs) it's uh, uh, the thing that it's a brand that wasn't in the space before is always something to be proud of. And I'm also just proud of Sara's achievements of becoming someone who is much more than just an, an icon in CrossFit. She's an icon for, for, for strong females, yeah. for strong independent females. And she, she has such influence as such that even a brand like Volkswagen acknowledges it and offers her contract. So that's something that I am incredibly proud of just being a part of. Not, not only my role in it, but just the fact that I am a part of it. That's
0: awesome. I, I can see, I can sense it in your voice, how, how much pride you have in, in everything that, you know, you've accomplished with Sarah, Sarah's accomplished in general, but what you've accomplished with her. And it's, that's awesome to see. Um, one of your other athletes that I wanted to talk about was, uh, Roman Krennikov. Mm -hmm. We've, we've seen the name at the top of the leaderboards for a few years now, but we've never seen him at the CrossFit games themselves. We've seen him compete against the big boys in Dubai before Mm -hmm. and at the European regionals and and, um, some big events there, but we've never seen Roman on the floor at the CrossFit games. Um, So for people wondering, can you give us a little information about that?
1: Yeah, it's it's not a a regular person in Russia – doesn't just walk into an embassy and get a visa to travel to the United States. It's, uh, it's yeah. a lot more complicated than that. And uh, the politics of that, I am not even, uh, I, I'm not the best person to explain it. But that the gist of it is that you you, you can travel from Russia. You, the Russian uh, government will uh, grant you the clearance to. But then it's up to the country you're traveling to to accept you, the immigration over there or the homeland security over there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And for some reason, Roman hasn't been able to prove that he is not going to return again to Russia. That's, uh, th- that's the justification for him not being granted a visa to travel to the United States it's because they don't believe that he will return back home. And uh, that's the justification. This okay. is something that he, that when once you apply and get a denial, it seems to be a reoccurring theme that you're denied again and again and again, regardless of the proof you have for, yeah. for something different. We were very, uh, we, were, we were quite confident this year that he would get the clearance. And there was a different reason for him not getting the clearance this time around because with every year that has passed, Roman has become more popular. He has uh, learned more words in English. He has uh, become... He has gained friends in important places along the way. So there's a lot of people that want to help Roman. There There are a lot of people lawyers, uh, people in, in, uh, in, in positions who are able to influence someone, something like this. So what we thought would be the thing that would happen now in 2021 was that he would just qualify, he would get an interview in the embassy. And this time around, with a letter from CrossFit, with a letter from other stakeholders, his sponsors, with, uh, with a clear proof that he is an elite competitor and uh, that the CrossFit Games are, are a place where he should be. We just thought it would, it would go through. But it never came to that because he couldn't even get an interview this time around. So. Oh. First off, he, he didn't manage to qualify through the semifinals. He had to go th- through to the la- last chance qualifier, which yeah. is limited at the time because you can't even apply for this until you have secured the ticket to the games. Yeah. He had to, had to prove that he had earned the qualification to the games to even get the interview. And the last chance qualifier until the games... Was just such a slim time in between there, and uh, even though he would have been able to get an interview, he, he was allowed to go do- go to Kazakhstan or the Ukraine or any of those old Soviet countries. He didn't have to go only into the embassy in the in Russia. He could go to another one, but he couldn't get an interview anywhere. One of those things. One of the reasons is uh, COVID. It, it just yeah. completely disabled the, the 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 way these things operate so it made it so much harder but still in within the time frame you just couldn't get the interview so it hasn't even been tested since he got the necessary paperwork and all the help we haven't even been able to test if he will get a visa now but we do feel quite confident that the next time he will try if he gets the interview he will get a yes so that's that whole story that, there have been rumors around that he was in the military or or any any other uh, i've heard such crazy stories <laughs> in, first off it's a regular guy i mean he's uh, he's got a wife he's got two dogs he he's a coach in the local crossfit box uh, there's a kid on the way He's got a pretty good life. I mean, he lives yeah. in a city of 500,000 people in, in Siberia. And I mean, Siberia sounds really cold, but it's really hot too, you know. And uh, they, they got summers there. There are, yeah. there are so many things in his life that are just completely normal. I mean, they just have backyard barbecues just like everyone else. <laughs> and I mean, why shouldn't he want to return to his home? It's uh, yeah. It's so crazy and it borders on being arrogant just because uh, there, there's someone who dictates this. Yeah, this guy, he he wants to move to America because America is the best place in the world. Uh, that's not what he's thinking. He, he lives a pretty fucking good life. And he just wants to compete amongst the very best of the best. And then he, then he would love to go back home and continue with his life. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and... That's the gist of it. Roman is a very special individual, and uh, he, I care about him very deeply because he is probably one of the most friendly persons I have ever met. And uh, in like a random way, sometimes I just get a message from him saying, Hey, sorry, how are you feeling? Or Are you doing okay? And he is just asking how I'm feeling. It, it, it isn't a conversation starter. He is just checking if I'm good. So <laughs> he's my only friend that does that without a without another agenda and it may be a russian thing or not but i mean it's uh it's definitely something that i take to heart. So he is someone who also has those athletic attributes. He's just a freak athlete. He's got the the tolerance to to pain that this guy has. Like on a on a rower or on a bike or anything that has to do with uh, lactic acid in your muscles, yes. he will just crush. It's like he doesn't feel it. While everyone else is dying, he's just maintaining some ridiculous pace and uh, stuff like that. And yeah. his all the other things where he was lacking have been coming together very nicely. I mean, his only okay. lifting is becoming elite as well. And uh, he... He just goes to the gym and works. This is a hard worker, and he maintains his belief that one day he will compete at the CrossFit Games. All oh. those all those nodes haven't haven't been able to divert him from that road.
0: And with uh, traveling to Dubai, are there any limitations on that? Like he, he's, is he able to get to Dubai fairly easily? Mm-hmm
1: he can travel wherever he wants to. He needs to apply for a visa. That's just the way it goes. But he is allowed everywhere. And Mm -hmm. guess what? He always returns home. (laughs) 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 He he could have picked so many wonderful places if he wanted to, in fact. It's just not what he is planning. Yeah. (laughs) But
0: he he did confirm for Dubai this year?
1: Yeah, he is. He is. As he can't be competing at the CrossFit Games, he mm-hmm. wants to compete in every single competition other. He can't go to Rogue, obviously. Uh, it's the same issue. It's in the, it's in the States. So he's doing the Madrid competition in two weeks, okay. which is a fairly big competition and yep. uh, will be the biggest European competition this year. Then he is doing the Mayhem Desert Heat in, um, in, in the United Arab Emirates. And then he's doing Dubai. So he's doing one competition a month now. Until, until the new year. Jeez. Yeah.
0: Do Do you think that a, a competition series like that is sustainable for athletes? Like, let's just say the season was more of a series as opposed to these individual qualifying events. Do you think that that's something that's sustainable for athletes to compete in?
1: The the programming would need to be mindful of the fact that they will be competing more regularly. So. Mm-hmm. No marathon roll, please, or <laughs> <laughs> none of that crazy Dave Castro stuff. Where uh, where there's a day where no one is expected to survive. It's so heavy, but yeah. uh, so it's sustainable if the programming is made in that way. It's made that you are able to recover between the events. But we we are about to see it now. It's. It's very exciting. I, I don't know if we touched on it earlier. I can't remember, but there is a there are events that could make a difference now. There are yeah. events where the prize purse is at a place where it actually makes a difference. So yeah. if you participate in an event, if you're an elite and you are someone who could just as well expect to podium, let's say if Roman podiums in two of those three events, he, he surely has the capacity to to do so. Yeah. It could mean that he has the funds to live the rest of the year. Yeah, or, or next year, I mean. Yeah. He could have the funds to, to provide a baseline so that he, do, he can quit coaching, so that he can just focus on being all the athlete he can. So yeah. there are things like that. We haven't really seen it in the sport before, but now the prize purses are rising. I hope they're rising from a point where the event organizers can sustain it. And a rope can, but, uh, well, Dubai can, of course. But yeah. there are events. This is making it harder for the regular event organizer because they're looking at those other events and seeing, wow, where did they get all those funds to commit to the prize purse? Yeah. And the prize purse, of course dictates the biggest names want to be there, of course. So Exactly. We're in a transitional phase, but as a manager of athletes, of course, the more prize money, the more athletes get the opportunity to live off of their sport, and yeah. that's a good thing, and that will be for the benefit of the whole thing. Uh, because right now, there are maybe 20 CrossFit athletes in the world yeah, who do nothing other than train because they have sponsorship contracts that completely cover their baseline, and their their uh, the thing they need to survive. Uh, mm-hmm. The rest have something going on. A lot of them are gym owners or head coaches, chiropractors, or do some part-time things alongside being a CrossFit competitor. But it's it's pretty unfair to expect those to perform at the same level as those who don't have to think about anything other than just what's on the program today.
0: Yeah. Do you think we'll, you know, maybe in the next three to five years, do you think anybody will touch that million-dollar prize payout for the top prize? you think anybody will get to that point?
1: I hope so. I hope so. I hope the games will exactly put that million-dollar prize tag on. If the games are to be... The the sacred route. If the games are to be the thing that all the athletes do, and then they cherry pick the other events, then the games need to uh, evolve financially like that. If not, let's say rok are at what? Uh, they're a pretty big pot right now. I, I think there are two hundred and thirty yeah. or two hundred and forty thousand dollars for the for winning it. I mean, it's almost yeah. like the games prize.
0: It's like Rogue. within ninety percent of the games I've exactly,
1: think. and if, if the game's price stays the same next year, then it might just be a, a matter of pride for Rogue to go a bit above it, mm-hmm. and then we then we are seeing this 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 needle being moved, yeah. And but we need to understand that there's this is business also, and there needs to be income from the other side to justify those things. So. Yeah. The sport and the, the popularity of the sport, the, uh, the buy-in, uh, all the seats in the events needs to be sold so that this is sustainable. So I'm hoping that happens in the process. Yeah. And I'm hoping that what we were discussing earlier in all this private marketing that each and every one of those athletes is doing, uh, combined to the improved marketing that those organizations are doing, Hopefully, we're just bringing more people in. Yeah, What's hard I, about CrossFit is, though, I cannot explain this sport to my grandma. I mean, I, 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 we, we can watch soccer, and she doesn't need to understand anything other than the, the ball needs to go into the net. And yeah. uh, the, the, the team that scores more goals wins. But in CrossFit, there are so many parameters. So for anyone new to come in, for anyone to come in that doesn't do, do the sport themselves, they just really enjoy watching it. Mm-hmm. There is a, there's a lot of things that need to be brushed up on to make it more appealing to that audience.
0: And how would you say, what, what do you think is a good way to go about that? Like, Because right now the, the CrossFit and the, the competitive scene in CrossFit, I think is very relatable because a lot of the people who are watching are in a box every day, working exactly. out, doing that. And
1: that, and that makes it so special. And that Mm -hmm. makes it so that if you are to break that up, you might be sacrificing something that's really special about the sport. And you might be making it generic in a way there where the, where the diehard fans lose interest and are replaced by someone who, who who isn't even fit and and has no interest in fitness whatsoever. just wants to watch like a match between two people grinding until one of them wins. But so I don't really even have the solution for this. There there are probably ways to simplify the sport while maintaining the element of surprise. But those elements of a surprise right now have been Dave Castro announces something at the very last second and then they do it. Mm-hmm. So hardly even the athletes know what they're supposed to do. How is anyone else supposed to understand it while watching? So yeah. It might need to be that the whole menu of workouts is announced way beforehand. And then maybe one of those events is a secret one that they don't ha- don't know about. But it, the trend now has been that you don't really know shit until you're there. <laughs> and oh, yeah. it makes it harder for the media to explain it. It makes it much harder for anyone that could help draw in new viewership in explaining yeah. to the audience this is going to be like this and this person is the best swimmer that's why we think he will be the best one this could even engage the element of uh, of gambling or or whatever which we i don't think we've seen in crossfit have we seen that in crossfit yet
0: no have i was just gonna say i don't think we've really seen hey hey that's uh let's keep that on the download that might be a new business opportunity <laughs> yeah. right
1: yeah it, it might be and i, I It's one aspect of sports and it's one of the aspects of sports that draws in people that don't do the sports themselves because they are engaged by the Mm -hmm. fact that they bet on someone. So uh, I know this is a gray area and some people wouldn't want any gambling whatsoever involved, uh, but why not explore it?
0: It's a big part of sport, especially, you know, one of the things I wanted to touch on was the difference between European and American sports, because I know that the way they're perceived is so different, but betting in North American sports is enormous Mm -hmm. and sports are introducing and, you know, partnering with these betting agencies to help the sport grow. I know Mm -hmm. basketball was one for a long time that, um, you, you couldn't do a, like a legal bet on a basketball game. And then they started working with ProLine or these other companies. And now there's legal betting on these companies and it's helped the sport grow.
1: Mm -hmm. And then you have all those online formats, which is pretty hard to regulate. So there's a lot of gambling in all sports. I agree. And we haven't seen it in CrossFit. Some of it is down to the fact that you don't have a clue what you're betting on. And uh, it's so hard yeah. to understand. And one of those aspects is this element of surprise, which is the CrossFit Games. Mm-hmm. It's based on you. You just have to be fit and you have to be ready for literally anything. They, yeah. they might they might throw you just uh, 10 miles out in the sea and they don't even care. Uh, <laughs> th- those who survive, survive, the, and, and they win. The, the rest just drown. It, yeah. it might. They might end up doing something like that if it, if it keeps on going the way it's going. It, they always push it a bit further than, than they did before. But I mean, I guess it's entertaining for those who are deep in there. But yeah. for me, trying to explain it to someone who has no, t- n- no touch points with the sport, they'd just rather watch soccer or basketball or, or something else. They, yeah. They'd rather just watch that because it's so much easier to understand.
0: Do brands brush up against that? Like, have you worked with brands that are like, we don't really understand CrossFit, but we want to work with these athletes because they have a social following.
1: Mm -hmm. I have found myself uh, on several occasions working with a brand that doesn't understand the sport. And it's usually been a negative experience. It's they were looking for an influencer. They weren't looking for an athlete and most people don't realize that these people, the the athletes, they're literally killing themselves every day, 365 days a year. They, they train for such a long time every day. And there's so much effort put into nutrition, to, to, to training. Then there is a mental coaching or whatever. Then there's all those recovery things, ice baths and whatnot. And there is no access to these people. So if if you're a brand and you want total access to that influencer that you, you just signed and you want them to do meet and greets for you and you want them to be doing a lot of stuff for you, that's just not possible. These people are training and then when they're not training, they're miserable because they, they think (laughs) everyone else is training. I'm missing out here.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's a real, that's a real thing. And you know, (laughs) the the sometimes it's not the knowing of how much effort you put in is almost overshadowed by not knowing what anybody else is doing yeah
1: exactly and uh that, that's a real thing but m- most of the brands in the sport are they out of passion and yeah. uh some of those brands that have been there for a long time that have' done a lot of work with like like FitAid, for example. I mean these are this is just a brand that the passion for the sport is throughout the whole company. Yeah. and they wouldn't dare ask for uh, ask an athlete to to do a meet and greed in the middle of the crossFit games or or something like that. They wouldn't yeah. dare because they know the athlete is just busy competing and they'd much rather see them go for glory there than to spend some time on their booth. So yeah. there, there are brands in there that really, really get it. And it's uh it's a joy to work with most of them. And uh, I've formed a very good relationship. I may have highlighted fit eight, but there there's like 20 other brands that I hold close to my heart and I've made really good friends at where, uh, where there are just people that I've been engaging so much with that. Even in Rogue, I I look just as much forward to going to the vendor village and meeting everyone that I haven't seen for such a long time. Just like uh, going out out onto the stands and watching the competitive action.
0: Yeah. (laughs) and There's a lot of exciting stuff happening in this space. And I think... It's really cool, and I've mentioned this before, but I've I think it's really cool that a lot of these brands are born within CrossFit and are exploding right now. With mm-hmm. being one of them, Noble, and we're seeing this this boom from all these. Well, let's not companies. forget, whoop, 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 yeah. potentially being the biggest one. Exactly,
1: they're in the billions. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And that could you know that that when I ask about the million dollar prize pool, like, like a company like Whoop who was born within the space could be the ones that throw down the money.
1: Yeah, it's it's like the uh, the, the balancing act, where is their return of investment when they're putting that much money in there? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that that's the only question that needs to be answered. And yeah, usually it will be by how big is the audience, how many people does this appeal to, how many will purchase, uh, how many will become subscribers of their services just because of it. And uh, that will answer that question. We are seeing growth, but are we seeing growth in the community? Are there more people adding on? Are there more people doing the training or going to the events? Is there more money being spent by the audience? Mm -hmm. That's, by the end of the day, what will determine how much money is invested in it.
0: Have you seen an uptick in community engagement in the past couple of years? Because I know we saw a drop-off with the changes at HQ, and I know Mm -hmm. it's kind of back on the incline, but have you seen a very noticeable incline back to kind of where we were pre
1: no, not nearly the same. Well, if I if I just look at the athletes themselves, because I monitor their social media and analytics a lot, it's been uh, lose a follower, gain a follower. It's been like in a standstill with so many of those athletes for a long time. While before COVID, we were seeing growth like sata was growing like 100,000 followers a month or something. It was crazy. But then it's just been in a standstill. And we've seen that with most of them. Uh, some of them have been uh, adding subscribers on other media format, like their their YouTube channels and all of that. But we're not seeing athletes surpass the million followers mark at the rate that I thought we would. I mean, we we have Noah Olson, we've got Pat Wellner, we've got Fikowski, we've got some legendary names in the sport who have been literally at the same follower numbers for, yeah. for the past two years. And, so, and for, for new athletes coming in, it's looking like way, way harder to get that bump in new followers than it was. Mm. This is, of course, also determined by Different, the people just behave differently on social media than they did. They don't add as frequently, or they add something, follow it for a little bit, and as soon as they see something they don't like, unfollow. Uh, So we're seeing a a behavioral pattern which is different. And maybe this is here to stay. But what any of those athletes or brands should be looking at is how engaged are your followers? How interested are these people who are following you actually in what you're doing? Uh, If half of them watch every single story, Instagram story that you drop, then you have a very, very engaged following. So uh, it's, uh, it's determined by way more parameters than just uh, how many are there. Yeah. I was wondering see, pause button because I need to run and get a charger for, uh, for my computer. So I won't run out.
0: Yeah. 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 No, uh, one of the things I was going to ask is what about, um, do you think that the way that Instagram and their algorithm operates is something that's impacting growth as well?
1: Probably. Uh, like we've seen, uh, they're, they're emphasizing reels. They are emphasizing mm-hmm. certain aspects and, uh, but then I think they're changing the algorithm way too frequently as well. They're always like nudging it yeah. to a certain extent. And it feels like those who have that critical mass of followers, they get pushed while those who haven't reached there, they're paying the price. So yeah. it feels a bit like uh, it, it's not as friendly to those who are trying to, uh, to build as to those who have already built they're they're standing in there.
0: Yeah, that's, that's one of the big things that I, I've seen recently, and we've been working with at Wadproof, and we've been working with, you know, I, I spoke with Training Day about this, is growth on the platforms is constantly changing and evolving. So, I mean, for your company and, and dealing with your athletes, you're probably always having to come up with new ways and new solutions mm-hmm. around these problems.
1: Yeah. And, uh, whenever you think you've figured it out, <laughs> they change it. So yeah. w- one thing that doesn't change is good content, yeah. uh, staying true to yourself, uh, putting a little bit of, uh, ambition into what you're doing. and, uh, those things don't change. Uh, as soon as you do something that is really good, people will pick up on it and, yeah there's a lot more viewing on something that is exciting than something that is just flat. And, and then there are the other parameters. I mean, uh, there, there's a lot more following on an athlete that shows a lot of skin. This is something that yeah. I, it's like, uh, the, uh, the easier way to, to keep your audience engaged, it seems, but what audience uh, how relevant yeah. is that audience to the brands that sponsor you, etc.? So there, I always look at who are the people who yeah. is in your audience? How, how related are these people to what you're preaching? How, how much do they relate to it? Are they there because they, if we speak about an athlete, uh, because they're so interested in your lifestyle, because if, those followers are there predominantly, then you're doing everything right, yeah that's exactly what you should be doing. Those are the people that will buy the products that you're pushing
0: right on what what advice do you have for young up and coming athletes um you know th- obviously we have young athletes that are coming into this space that are trying to push and trying to grind to be at the top performance level, but mm-hmm. you know some people just need to be recognized as well so what advice would you give to them?
1: Yeah. Uh, stay true to yourself. That's the that's the first one. Uh, you will get found out and you might even get ridiculed if you're doing something that is not your personality uh, because you thought it could uh, propel you somewhere. It, it could bring you more followers or whatever. If it isn't true to you, don't do it. Uh, the social media is it's the pathway into you. It's the media. It's the reality television show that, that revolves about you solely and you're the director of it. So, and also realize that the audience that is following the, the relevant audience is people just like you. They have the same interests as you. So if you are, setting yourself a goal, you're going to snatch 100 kilos or or what, whatever it is, loop them into the journey. That, that will create engaging content if you set your goals forward on your social media and then you strive to get them. And then when you get it, you, you celebrate it. Then there are tools in there that you can use to your benefit to make your personality shine, like the Q&As in Instagram Story. Uh, there are various ways on TikTok as well. I'm no, I'm no master in TikTok, but of course, I spot the trends. Yeah. Reels, Reels the same way. Uh, just use those tools the way th- that feels authentic to you and try to enjoy it, try to have fun with it. Uh, but always stay true to yourself. That, that's, uh, I'm, I'm thinking while I'm talking, but I, I, I emphasize the realness a lot because I see yeah. so much that is not real. I see so many people pretending to be all nice, but they're fucking assholes when you meet them <laughs> and, and stuff like that. It's like the, the concept of kindness and humbleness that everyone is trying to portray. It's to get likes. But not everyone is kind. and Not everyone is humble. Uh, that's, uh, it, th- these, these concepts are being diluted by so many people out there. So what will resonate the most by the end of the day is be real. And if you're an asshole, just share that with the world. There's plenty <laughs> of people that appreciate that as well.
0: Awesome. Amazing. Hey, Snori, I want to thank you so much for your time. Before we go, let everybody know where they can find you uh, in yeah. your company me a little
1: bit yes it's nori baron it's s-n-o-r-r-i-b-a-r-o-n uh with an at in front of it that's the way you can find me i i usually try to share what i'm doing uh on my instagram and uh if you're interested in in sports then you won't see me do a lot of them but you will see some uh Pretty impressive people on there doing doing what, what they do best. Then it's my uh, my agency. It's uh, Backland, B A K L A N D, M G M T, Backland Management. So uh, there you have it.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And we'll talk soon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you too. It's been a pleasure.
0: With the Wadproof Pro experience, you'll get instant access to training programs from some of the best coaches on the planet. From full training programs in the gym and at home, to movement-specific programs for weightlifting, gymnastics, engine, endurance, rowing, and more. We have a program that is designed for your needs, whether you are a beginner or a pro.
2: Every training session introduces a series of questions. Am I happy with my performance? Where could I have gone faster? When will I be ready to go again? For wadproof Pro athletes, also this question. What can I learn from that workout? With a Wattproof Pro subscription, you gain access to a complete training toolbox, from a full-featured exercise log, to side-by-side comparisons, to the ability to record your heart rate right alongside your rounds and reps. You have at your fingertips everything you need to learn, to make progress, and to go into tomorrow's training more prepared than today's. The best athletes are the best students. And with your Wadproof Pro subscription, you will have in your pocket the education you need to elevate your training and uncover the many lessons that every single workout offers you. Subscribe today so you can get better tomorrow.